In Jesus' name, amen and thank God. We bless the Lord today. I bless God this morning for being here this morning. I don't take it for granted to stand before you. I told you that we were going to deal with unity this morning. And that's what we're going to do. Because as I mentioned, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. Satan's design is to divide and conquer. That's what he does. He has a history of doing that. So whenever you see division at any level in the body of Christ, know that it is an act of Satan himself. The reason why the church has so many denominations to this day is because Satan has gotten into the minds of men and have changed the agenda which God has set forth. He's caused chaos. He's caused division. And he's caused churches to split. But we're not going to be ignorant to that today. We're going to see what the Lord says concerning that. Our text is taken from the book of 1 Corinthians. If you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of 1 Corinthians. Beginning at verse number 10, we'll read the following four verse, chapter number one, chapter one. First Corinthians, the first chapter, verse 10. It reads, now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that ye speak the same things and that there be no division amongst you, but that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are the household of Chloe, that there are contentions amongst you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I am of Apollos, I am of Cephas, and I am of Christ. Here's the question. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? And I want to use that question for my title this morning. Is Christ divided? And for a subtitle, I would like to pin it with this as well. The danger of a divided church. The danger of a divided church. Understand that the church has been under attack since its inception. The gospel message spread through the persecution of the church. It is what caused Paul to go on not one, not two, but three missionary journeys, setting up churches unto the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And in doing so, he is fulfilling the Great Commission. We should never, as a church, lose scope of the commission. That we are to go and to take this gospel to all nations. And if we're going to take the gospel to all nations, it must be in a uniform fashion. Because if we are divided, then we have far too many men having their own philosophies that are going forth. And understand that there's many reasons for divisions within a church. There's the reason which we have today, where it came because of a vacuum of leadership in this church. For Paul had established this church during his second missionary journey. But after pastoring this church, he left for a third journey in which he planted churches in other places, such as Ephesus, where he's writing this text from. And so word comes to Paul that there are some problems that have arisen in this church at Corinth. And so Paul takes pen and writes this church because they had become divided based upon preferences. You see, all of us have our preferences. There's nothing wrong with us having our preferences. The problem comes into play when our preferences supersede what God wants to do. That's when the problem comes into play. You see, because we as believers should always be willing to do the will of the Father. And whatever his will is, whether we agree with it or not, because of our obedience to him and our love and appreciation for what he did on Calvary's cross, we should be willing to submit our will to his will. You know that we've, for the last 18 months, have had a leadership vacuum due to the fact that we did not have a pastor. And so whenever the shepherd is away, sheep have a tendency to wander. And even even though we lost some people during the pandemic, but those that have remained, having one aspect or another, have segmented themselves to one individual or another. And there's nothing wrong with you supporting a candidate. I think it's a wonderful thing to have the ability to be able to choose. But I do understand as well that even though this church voted, God spoke in this. I do not believe that God will subjugate himself to the will of the people. But I do know a God that will move upon the hearts of people, that will make an oppression upon the people, that his will might be done. And if that is not the case, then we're serving the wrong God. 
Because God's will is going to be done on earth, even as it is in heaven. And so this is, this is, this is a task that I don't, do not take lightly. This is a difficult task. And that's why I solicit your prayers. I need your prayers. Not only do I need your prayers, I need your support. Because I cannot do this by myself. Listen, I know I've prayed about this. I spend time on my knees praying about this. And I know that there's something that God has given me to give to you. I'm in this place to serve you in the truest sense of a servant. The only thing that I expect from you is to follow me as I follow Christ. There may be some things that you don't agree with. There's some things that God has me to do that I don't agree with. But I have to submit myself to him. And so we need to understand that, that, that there are times when there's a vacuum in leadership. That things get out of order. And so God gives leaders that they might be able to provide and to feed and to shepherd the flock. But it's difficult to shepherd a flock that is still divided. And so that's why I compel you, no matter who you voted for, let us consider the Lord Jesus Christ. Let us consider what he wants. Let us put down our preferences, our personal preferences, and understand that God is still working. There is a great work for us to do here. The harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. The, the Bible tells that we are to pray that the Lord will send harvests, I mean laborers, into the harvest or into the vineyard. And so that's my prayer, is that united we will become laborers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that we will go out into the vineyard and compel men, women, boys and girls to come in. To give and demonstrate that this life-changing gospel that we have. But it's best done when we're united. It's best done when we're saying the same things. When we're agreeing on the same judgments. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the foundation of all of this. It is him that does this. This is God's work. This is not our work. There's a story that was told during World War II. Adolf Hitler 
tried to seize control of the church. And he wanted them to unite and come up underneath his authority. Well, half of the church complied. The other half resisted. The half that complied received privileges. He helped them. But the ones that resisted, he, he gave hardship to. Even to the point to whereas some of their family members were murdered right before their eyes. Because they resisted. Well, even after the war, after the war had ended and Adolf Hitler had been killed, this division between the church still remained. Why? Because it was deep-rooted. There was bitterness. There was resentment because of betrayal. There were some that felt like they had been betrayed, that their family members had died because of this betrayal. So there was great animosity. Deep wounds that needed to be healed. And so after, after struggling in this church, the leaders decided that it's time for a change. And so they got together and they began to be under the agreement that they would spend this time praying before the Lord. Asking God for direction. And lo and behold, the Holy Spirit showed up. And he began to unify them. In that moment, forgiveness began to flow. Love returned. They began to love one another. They began to honor one another. And healing came. And that's all I'm compelling you today. Is don't give in to your own preferences. Let the love of Christ that God gives you, let it superrule your life. Put down the differences because God is not pleased with it and God will not have a part of it. His desire is that we will be unified, that we would come together under the umbrella of faith, in the unity of the faith. This is really what Paul is telling this church. Paul pastored this church. Paul understood this church. And he comes from an apostolic position because he introduces himself as an apostle. Listen, of the will of God, not of the will of man. Did you catch that? That God puts leaders in place by the will of God, not by the will of man. It is God the one that puts leaders in place. God puts kings in place. He brings kings down. And trust me, he does the same thing with us. And so I'm trusting God that I'll be able to lead this congregation. That I'll hear from him. But not only will I hear from him, but I'll be obedient to him. And he tells them that he, I'm, I'm an apostle, which gives him the authority to say what he is saying. Understand that any man that says anything across this holy desk says it under the authority of the Holy Spirit. 
this is what God has given me. He calls himself an apostle, and it's not by the will of man. You know, Paul recognizes that the church has been set apart for God's use. We have been sanctified as the body of Christ. We are not sanctified just for the sake of being sanctified. We are sanctified for the purpose of being used by God. And if you know anything about military strategy, it's one army fighting as one cohesive unit. Yes, they may be deployed in different areas, but they still have the same agenda. Much in the same way, we have been set apart for God's use. In case you did not know, we are in spiritual warfare. In case you did not know, this world is not the church's home. In case you did not know, Satan is on the attack. And so did you not know that we can be more unified? If we're more unified, Satan has less power over this church. Because he is coming for it. I've seen him. But if we just submit ourselves to God. Listen, Paul said that a delegation has come from Chloe's house. He said that there is contention amongst you. There is fighting amongst you. And did you not know that, that, that sometimes we will do Satan's bidding for him? When we're constantly fighting and bickering and arguing and wanting our own way, we're doing Satan's work. Satan can get us to turn on one another. Paul puts it like this in Galatians. He said, he said but if ye bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. We're not to do Satan's bidding. We should see that. Everything that we do in this body of Christ, we should aspire to do it in the love of Christ as loving Christians. He said that, 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 that it has been reported unto me that there is contention, that there is a division here. He said, some of you say that you're of Paul. Some of you say that you are of Apollos. Some of Peter, and yet even some of Jesus Christ himself. But Paul puts it like this. He said, is Christ divided? In other words, Paul is saying that, 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 that Christ is our unification. It is what grounds us. It is Christ Jesus that gives us our common ground. And if you name the name of Christ, then you should be in a unified effort to uplift the name of Christ. That's what it's going to take. It's going to take that. It's going to take a heavy dose of love in this church. It's going to, it's going to take us going back to the old landmark. When we loved one another to tell one another the truth. When we loved one another to live a life that was pleasing unto God. When we loved one another to watch out for one another. When we loved one another to pray, pray and uplift one another, that's what it's going to take. But if we ever get to the place where we're bickering and arguing 
and fighting and fussing about anything, then you're really giving the devil a foothold. The antidote to that is to repent. Every last one of us has something to repent of. There were some things said, there were some things done that we need to go to God for. We need to go God and ask God to forgive us. And then we need to make it right with our brothers and sisters. Listen here. I will lead the way in that. I will lead the way in telling you that I'm not a perfect man. I'll lead the way in telling you that I've said some things that I should not have said. I fought some battles that I sure enough should not have fought. I've done some things that I sure enough should not have done. But I'm a man that understands that when it is revealed to me, I know how to go back and make it right. Because I've lived a life of being sensitive to God's Holy Spirit. And it does not take the Holy Spirit long to do it. I've, 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 I've had the Spirit of God change the way I was feeling deeply hurt in five seconds. He convicted me and changed my heart and my mind when it came to that situation. So I know that he'll do it. But it takes us surrendering ourselves to the Spirit of God. Surrendering ourselves to the will of God. Because as long as you keep wanting your way, then God will say you can go on your way. Because his will is going to be done. This church belongs to him. This will not and will never be my church. This is the Lord Jesus Christ's church. I have been chosen to serve you. And that's all I want to do is just serve you. If I could get past all of the preliminaries, I would and just come and begin to serve you. Because I know that's what God has called me to do. And I bless his name for it. I consider it a privilege and an honor to serve you. It is my honor to serve you. Well, the question is asked, is Christ divided? Well, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, Christ said in the gospel, a house that is divided against itself shall fall. And the last thing that we want for this house is for it to fall. Don't you underestimate the power of Satan. Because Satan is crafty. He's sneaky. He comes like a snake slithering in the, in the grounds, in the brush, brush. But we're not ignorant of it. And just like Jesus crushed his head, we're going to crush his head with the spirit of Christ. Because it's with the spirit of Christ where unity comes. And where the spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty, there's freedom to love one another. There's freedom to, 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 to care for one another. 
There's freedom to forgive one another. That's what the Lord wants us to do. That is our mission and commission. Because it's going to take that type of a love, that type of example that we set before this world that will win this world. Don't lose focus of the agenda. Paul says it's Christ divided. And then he begins to tell them that I thank God that Paul was not crucified for you. Because understanding that if Paul was crucified for us, it would not have been enough. The only person that Paul could die for was for Paul. But the record declared that Christ came to give us life as a ransom for the world. And that's what he did. He gave his life for you. So how dare we sit around and want our own way and want our own preferences when Christ has already prescribed the way. He's already given us what we've been praying for. For 18 months we were praying for a leader. We were praying for a pastor. God has given it. And so what will we do with that? How will we react to that? I'm telling you what the Lord told me. You act in obedience. He said, you keep on following me. You keep on trusting me no matter what. And I'll bring you through to the end. And understand that there is glory after this. But here's the good news about this. None of us will receive that glory. Why? Because it'll all go to him. All glory will go to him. That's when you know you're doing it right. When people begin to uplift Jesus Christ, when they begin to be obedient unto Jesus Christ, that's when we're doing it right. Did you ever uplift me? Because I'm just a servant. The truth be told, I'm not even worthy to be doing what I'm doing. If there's anything that's inside of me that's worthy, it's because of what Christ has put inside of me. And I pray and I battle daily to subdue this flesh. To bring my mind into the subjection of Christ. Because that's what's needed. The gift that God has for you, I'm waiting to give to you. Because God gave us a perfect gift. A gift that was above every gift. This is a gift that continues to give. Even after its initial giving. It keeps on giving. It is the gift of grace, the grace of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is that gift. And God gave him to us. And so what God has given to me, I give unto you. That Jesus came down through 42 generations. Yes, he did. He came to give his life. He came to be an example to us. He came to teach us how to love one another. 
He came teaching us how to forgive one another. He came to teach us how to be united in our faith. Yeah, he suffered, bled, and died on Calvary's cross. He gave up everything for us. They nailed him in his hands and nailed him in his feet. He died that day on Calvary's cross for you and for me. Not for anything that he did, but for what we've done. So God, thank you for dying for me. But the record declared that they took him off that cross, put him in a borrowed tomb. But early on this third day, he rode with all power of heaven and earth in his hand. And we as a united force need to come up underneath the authority of that and be united because God wants that. That's what he desires. That's what this church needs to be. I thank God for his grace. I thank God that his grace allows for us to make some mistakes. I've made some mistakes. But oh, thank you for your grace, God. Thank you for your grace, God. Please stand to your feet. The door to the church is open. If there's anyone here that has not received Christ as your Lord and Savior,